Hi there, and welcome to the show. You're listening to another episode. Every other Tuesday, I release a short bit about whatever's going on in the Parks household or whatever's in my head at the time. It's a way for you to get to know me a little better in between my rare disease interviews. I have decided that grief for me is a lot like fire and ice. And I've been thinking about this a lot because of a birthday party that I recently attended, and I'm still working it out. Robert Frost wrote a poem called Fire and Ice. It reads like this. Some say the world will end in fire. Some say ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if I had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. Some say that that poem was influenced by Dante's Inferno. (laughs) And while I recognize that comparing a birthday party to Dante's Inferno might seem a little dramatic, it kind of fits, okay? So my fire and ice theory of entering situations that we as rare disease parents tend to avoid, maybe put element-proof barriers around, the fire part of it is wild. And it's unpredictable. For me, it's my emotions taking all of the room, anger bubbling up and envy casting lasers. Whereas ice hardens my heart. It disconnects me and it takes me out of the present moment or keeps me stuck in it. Both make sense. They're both clearly destructive and can be world ending relationship ending, joy ending. Also, I get it. I can fully understand and appreciate the place and the enormity of both of those powers as a parent to a rare disease kid. So for the latest exercise in giving my resiliency that I've been building up and nurturing for the last six years, a chance to enter a seven-year-old's birthday party. Yes, it's taken me a long time. So in the moments where I feel like perhaps the fire might burn so hot that it's going to turn into molten lava or that I will turn into ice and I'll have to shove every single feeling down that I have and pretending, I decided that I'd bring my secret weapon, my husband, Casey. So I made a video right before going to this birthday party and so many of you sent your support and solidarity. Some of you commented that you still refuse to go to birthday parties. And I also got countless messages asking me how the birthday went. So here I am reporting back. One thing that brought me to the place to accept this invite, I first received an evite and it was just for a seven-year-old girl's birthday party. So I assumed it was for Ford, but Ford can't talk or tell me who his friends are. So I didn't really know. Also, Ezzy has lots of friends, and she goes to preschool with some older kids, and she's obsessed with older girls. So I guess it could have also been for her. So I messaged the mom of the daughter, asking if this was Ford's friend, and she said, yes, yes, Uh, she's in his class. Please come. Meh, I'll think about it, I say. Then the very next day, comes home in Ford's backpack, this drawing of a heart with Ford's name on it. Love the birthday girl. Okay, universe, I see you. So I RSVP'd yes. 
and planned to cancel the morning of the birthday party, naturally. I hung up that picture that she made for Ford in my kitchen, and I thought about Ford, and I thought about the birthday girl, and I thought about all of these other kids having this experience. I thought about how much Ford lights up and how joyful he is and that he deserves to experience a birthday party, even if I wasn't sure that I was ready. Maybe this girl really did want him to come and that she didn't just invite the entire class. That was a possibility. And I have six years under my belt, six years of going through all of this tough stuff, six years of learning to also find the joy. I've been learning. I've been crashing and burning. I've been hosing myself off. So I just needed reinforcements and to trust myself. I broke a rule, a rule that I learned long time ago by not calling a place ahead of time to see if it was accessible. And I decided to not call this place where the birthday party was. <laughs> I knew that if I called and they said it wasn't in fact accessible, that I was just not coming and I wouldn't think more about it. And neither Ford or I would have this experience his of fun and mine of the unknown and most likely terrifying significance. So, again, Casey being my secret weapon. Casey has the ability to calm the heat <laughs> of my unpredictable emotions. And he also brings me back if I'm going ice and shutting down with glazed eyes. <laughs> he can look directly into my soul and simply smile at me. And it cracks it and it brings me back. He has a gift, sometimes a very annoying gift. So we got to the birthday party. It was at a bouncy house. They turn off the lights and everything glows and it's neon and their music is playing. And the woman in charge came up to Casey and I upon arrival and I held my breath and I tightened my jaw knowing what she was about to say. Now regretting coming here and kicking myself for not calling because I knew this was going to be the answer. <sighs> but, you know, I think a sick, twisted part of me also didn't call because I wanted people to see what it's like for people like Ford to get turned away from simple things like a birthday party. I know, I'm sick. Anyways, this woman looks at my husband and me closely and empathetically, and she apologized that the building wasn't fully accessible. And that, yes, the birthday party was down a large, steep staircase, but that we could drive around the building to the bottom and get in through a staff door. And then we could drive him back up to join the rest of the party after the bouncy house time. And this is where my secret weapon shines. His absolute, genuine, kind spirit. Casey knew that the woman felt icky about delivering that information to us, but she was also so sincere. Something Casey will immediately give anyone 100% of a hall pass for, no matter what information you're giving him, is if you're sincere. So, while if it was me alone in this moment, it would have most likely looked much differently. And within 30 seconds, I probably would have vacillated between fire and ice and fire and ice and fire and ice for the rest of the party. So I just simply took my beautiful beaming three-year-old daughter down the steps with all of these older girls of her dreams and got the party started while Casey did the car thing. What happened at the party? 
Not really much interaction from the kids to Ford, which honestly, I did have to go a little ice on. But we brought his favorite ball because we were thinking ahead and we played pass with him the entire time. And you know what he did? He laughed and he had the best time, like he always does. Back upstairs after snacks and cake, we were leaving and Ford, surprisingly, without being asked to say goodbye yet, forcibly grabbed the birthday girl and one of her friends and hugged them. Not an easy maneuver for him, but it was absolutely the most intentional and grateful hug I've ever seen him give. So, it was a success. There was no fire, and there was no ice. It was somewhat slushy, which made me be in the moment a lot more. And for that, I'm grateful and proud.